Welcome to What She Said. I'm your host, Lucy Leecraft, a journalist, blogger and podcaster based in Brighton. You're listening to Series 4, Episode 6. In today's episode, I chat about Instagram growth with the award-winning Instagrammer Bronte Askinson, aka from Be With Love. Bronte started out primarily in the Bookstagram community and quickly grew her Instagram and blog from 7k to over 35k followers. She then took a bit of a pivot as she grew and evolved from her previous moniker, a British Bronte, to where she is now. A self-confessed feminist in training, she embraces the messiness and imperfection of life and has been really honest about hitting a wall with Instagram creativity, getting it wrong and making big changes even when her audience doesn't necessarily like it. Lastly... A reminder, please skip ahead if this bores you. I'm totally okay with that. (laughs) Lastly, a reminder that my podcast course starts on Friday the 13th of June. So if you want to grab your spot and start your podcast in six weeks, head to the show notes where you can enroll for £125 or pay in instalments or pay whatever you can. Enjoy the episode. So I'm Bronte and you can find me on Instagram at From Be With Love and I'm mainly an Instagrammer and a blogger and I primarily talk about books but I also talk a lot about feminism and um, a lot about a lot of personal stuff as well. And how did it all start for you? Because it's been a fairly meteoric rise. I was about to yes. say to fame, I guess to yeah. Instagram fame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it changed quite a bit over the years. But it started in about I think it was 2015 and I just sort of stumbled across um, uh, this community called Bookstagram and at the time I was sort of well I wanted to be a writer I still want to be a writer and um, and I didn't really sort of know how to build up a community of other book-minded people and then I stumbled across the hashtag Bookstagram and then it was just filled with all these accounts and photos of lots of book photos most of them were flat lays at the time and yeah and then I just fell in love with that community and then from there I started getting into a lot more book blogging and as I got older and as the account really started to grow quite substantially over the course of about two years I went from about 7,000 to about 35k in a matter of like six months or something was pretty ridiculous Mm. but um, so I came into like this world and then I thought okay I want to start talking more about stuff that's really important to me like feminism and things like that rather than just books that's when the feminism side came in and that's when you did a bit of a rebrand as well um Yes. Which was really recent, wasn't it? It was only last month. Oh, yeah. It was um, yeah, it was literally only last month. But it was really exciting. Um, I was previously bookish Bonte and I felt like that was quite limiting to what I wanted to do. And I started to want to sort of build a business around myself and just having sort of the bookish name kind of sort of... I felt limited into what I could talk about and I felt mm. kind of stuck in sort of doing stuff that I wasn't 100% happy doing. So the rebrand has really helped me sort of... Um, branch out a bit more and also experiment more with what I'm doing and I'm going in a slightly different direction next month as well because I'm still not completely happy but it's still something that I'm really glad I did because without it I'd still be posting content that I didn't really like anymore and um, 
I feel like now that I can actually talk about things rather than people saying, oh, you're not talking about books, you can't. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a real thing for a lot of content creators. Um, and you're particularly, well, you're, you're going through a particularly kind of transformative time in that you only just graduated from university. When was mm. it? Like just last year? Yeah, it was, yeah, it's coming up to like a year now. <laughs> it's, wow. it's quite crazy. Yeah, it will be a year in July. So that's gone really months. quick. <laughs> I know. It's gone super quick. Um, so yeah, that's a super transformative. If I was, if I had started my blog at the start of uni, like you, you had, then oh my goodness, how, like how you change in that time? Oh yeah. And I was never sort of like planned for this to happen either. Mm. Like I never thought that I'd be sitting here with like 50, nearly 60K followers. Like I never thought that, that would happen. So I think especially whether you you especially don't really have a plan to become like a full-time blogger or Instagrammer, then you definitely change a lot more on what you want to talk about, I think. And I really love how you talk about, because there was a couple of posts that, that always stick with me. And one was particularly about um kind of getting stuck in a rut with Instagram mm. and the ebbs and flows of it all and you know for the majority of us who don't necessarily have a lot of brand collaborations or work commitments surrounding Instagram it's not a job those are fine because you can just take that couple of weeks off and wait for the creativity to come back it's still very frustrating of course yeah. and sometimes it can be really FOMO-y and you know but when you when it's your job it's completely different because you have to push through them um, yeah and I loved how you talk about that really honestly yeah because I think it's really hard because I can I can see it on Instagram I can see people who are like full-time Instagrammers and I can see that they're not really liking what they're doing anymore like I can really see and it's kind of really disheartening a little bit but you know I, because it's your job you have to sort of keep on going with it but as soon as I start feeling like I'm not really loving my photos anymore and I'm not really excited to post them and I'm a bit like oh it's nothing new anymore that's when I know that I have to change and go in a completely different direction to get like the excitement back into it and I've done that quite a few times over the course of doing Instagram at least like six but it could be it could be more and I you know I think if I took a break from Instagram I think it would be a lot worse for me because I'd come back and I'd sort of feel a lot of pressure to post something really great whereas if I just keep on posting and then sort of gradually um, weave in new content then I find that a lot better rather than just being like no I'm just going to take a complete break. Mm. Yeah that's a good point actually but it's it can be really frightening can't it and I think that probably is something one of the qualities I really like about you is that I do think in a world of um, influencers that you can see they uh, and I know what you're saying you can see they they're feeling the pressure and they're just uh, I don't know like sleepwalking through their Instagram yeah I, I do that's think a great that you're pre- for it, yeah <laughs> that's what it feels like right mm-hmm. yeah um, I do think that you're you're brave you do stand out to me in that oh, you're you. always very honest yeah I think it's you have to be because you like I get get called brave quite a lot and to me it's just like really because like to me I've always been like a really open and honest person and I'm never sort of gonna shy away from when I'm struggling because I think it's really important especially if you have quite a big platform and I I I guess I'm sort of big but to me I'm sort of like medium size and there's a lot of bigger accounts which I think you know you have to be really honest it's about what you're feeling because your followers they do feel like they know you and to see 
you know that you're being honest about when you're struggling that can really help them as well and especially when I rebranded I did a blog post about it and so many people read it and it was loads of people were really supportive and it sort of encouraged um, I've got a lot of messages saying that some of them have been encouraged to change direction as well because I've seen that someone of my size is able to do it I think that's really important that's mm. um it's not something that a lot of people talk about and no. it, it it is brave because actually we don't need to we don't all need to just be honest you know like actually we could all sleepwalk through our instagrams just being inauthentic yeah. because for the the majority of the time people aren't going to call you out on it oh um, no so <laughs> you should take credit for that because it is it, it is a good quality and that's oh, why you. a lot of people that's why your audience is so engaged i think Mm, especially after the rerun because mm. I was really worried with that because I was like oh and I, I knew that I was going to lose followers I didn't really think I was going to lose as much as I did but that's fine because you know if they if they can't support me through the rebrand then you know I don't you know they're not going to be engaged followers anyway so it's better if they unfollow but my my engagement has gone a little bit down it's still quite high so I'm sort of really grateful that they've been really supportive of it because I know a few people that have changed completely and their engagement has gone way way down which Mm. can also be really discouraging yeah and I don't ever want to make light of it because when it's your job it's yeah when it's your job and your mortgage maybe relies on it then Mm. it's actually not very easy and it's not very nice and sometimes especially in the current climate there's a flipping guardian article every week about how how inauthentic we all are (laughs) yeah every time I see one of those articles I'm like I feel the need to sort of like write a one back like no we're not all of us are like that you know like I I definitely see it and I definitely you know there are definitely are people out there who are inauthentic and they promote stuff that really should not be promoted by people with an audience and stuff like that but there's also so many other people that are promoting really good things and it's just i wish that more people could see like the good side of the influencer industry rather than just just seeing the really sort of somewhat shallow side that it can be and sort of Mm. digging a little bit deeper because you know there are a load of influencers who are actually doing a lot of good Mm. you should write it then you should write an opinion piece (laughs) (laughs) i think i've tried writing it quite a few times and every time i feel like oh yeah this is not quite right i'm always i'm always doing that with sort of meaty sort of blog post so I always write it about five times before I actually <laughs> end up publishing it so it's time to share my review of the week my podcast review of the week is from Cecily who says I discovered what she said fairly recently and I'm so glad I did I love the variety but relevance of the different topics and guests I also love Lucy's honesty humor and vulnerability and arriving late to the party means I have a whole archive to enjoy I love that Lucy's making it a priority to be inclusive and diverse in the people that she invites as guests. It's so refreshing to hear different perspectives and experiences rather than the same old privileged nonsense you find on most other podcasts. (laughs) Thank you so much. Your reviews mean so much to me. They really do. Let's talk about feminism and the role it's played in your Instagram journey because um, you identify as a feminist and you also do more than that in terms of um you have a feminist book club and you talk about feminism quite a lot how is that how has that part of your journey played out online I I've definitely grown a whole lot more as a feminist being on Instagram like I've definitely become 
a lot more intersectional with my feminism like um you remember the whole slow fashion mm. um thing that happened a few months ago and that sort of was like a massive eye-opener to me and it's definitely made me grow and in this book club um, when I started it it sort of made, really made me think about the books that I'm using for it and the ones that I say I'm going to read and make sure that they're um, more diverse and that all the members of the book club are really um, diverse people as, as well so it's definitely made me think a lot harder and a lot deeper about issues that other women face rather than just white women mm. which um, I haven't seen many people talk about Apart from, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of people in this community that I'm in talk about it. But outside of it and a few other people that I follow, it's not really a massive discussion. And mm. I think it sort of needs to be a whole lot more sort of in the forefront, especially if someone identifies themselves as a feminist. Yeah, I completely agree. I couldn't have put it better myself. And I, I think the fact that you called yourself an intersectional feminist and then also followed up with... The, the the things that you're actually doing to make your mm. feminism intersectional is really important. Um, yeah. I I think um it's very, very easy to be a white feminist. Oh god, yeah. And I'm and, not denying, you know, like a few months ago, like six months ago, I definitely was. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even think about issues that women of colour face and stuff like that. Like it just wasn't in my mind. But over the course of a few months I've definitely learned a whole lot more and it's just made me think a lot more so it's definitely you know and that's because of Instagram and I never really thought that that would be a thing but yeah from Instagram I've read a lot more um, feminism books and more intersectional books and it's been a really helpful thing for me. Have you found it have you found it hard in terms of your learnings in public because like you say, inter- intersectional feminism can really, really easily be overlooked by white feminists and um, and pick, kind of picked up and dropped as and when, you know, certain Instagrammers who have big followings feel like it. Yeah. And, and there's certain trends that I see, like veganism or um, zero waste or plastic free living and things like that c- that mm-hmm. can sometimes be picked up and dropped. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I definitely see that quite a few times (laughs) yeah and it's really frustrating Mm, um yeah definitely but as as two women talking now two um cisgendered female identifying women I think that's right I never know (laughs) um you know you're white I'm white passing it's kind of more on us to be calling that out and standing up for intersectional feminists feminism however for me it's a lot easier to do that I have 5,000 followers so yeah do you know what I mean like I I I can lose brand collaborations it doesn't really matter to me yeah but for you that is harder and how so how do you how do you draw the line between performative kind of intersectional feminism and actually living your values I think it comes into the authenticity, authenticity, there we go, (laughs) argument. I think if someone is actually, you know, like really passionate about what they're doing and then it will show in their sort of personal lives, like I'm a writer and so now I make sure that all my characters, they're not all just like white and cisgendered and straight, like they're not all like, I make sure that I write really diverse characters and um, things like that and whenever I look at brands I always um, ask myself you know like are they cruelty free and stuff like that and if they're not no matter what the collaboration fee is I'll say no to it I don't work with any um, skincare 
companies that use plastic because that's not in my skincare routine. And I just think it just kind of shows in like their feed and if they're and what they're promoting. Like if you see that they've said, oh, um, I'm, I'm trying to not um, use single use plastic and then you see them promoting something that's wrapped in plastic, then you they kind of like, to me, I remember these things and mm. it's sort of, I think of them a little bit less and mm. like, oh, like you're just sort of doing it as a performance. And I, if I'm picking up on it, I'm pretty sure a number of other people are picking up on it as well. So I think that no matter what you do, <laughs> I think if you're just using it as a performance, people will eventually see that it is a performance rather than seeing not, you know, that it's not actually what you think as a person. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think you're right. Um, I wonder though, at what stage you feel like you have to call it out, because sometimes that's a pressure that I feel. Yeah, call it in it maybe even. Um, and I have friends who have inclusivity riders and things like that, which I think is a really good thing to have. And I certainly have started to do that myself. Although it's kind of easy for me to do it because I don't get asked to do a lot of brand work or whatever mm-hmm. um is that something that you've thought about when it comes to kind of press trips or a- any kind of brand work asking the question um can you tell me more about the other influencers that you're working with yeah in regard to press trips I'll be honest and say no that um I I, I it's not something that I've asked but that's because I've only been on been on two other ones before but it's definitely something that I sort of I sat down the other day and it was I can't remember what it was it was I was looking at Instagram and it was um a lot of it was something like a lot of travel influencers or something like that they all went on this press trip and I all noticed that they were sort of like white women mm-hmm. and then that, that's when I sort of it sort of clicked inside inside my head and I was like there aren't any like women of color that I see doing press trips and I was actually having this discussion with my mum how um the influencer industry is actually very very white female led mm-hmm. and it's definitely something that I think I'm going to be thinking about more when it comes to stuff like press trips and things like that because I haven't thought about it before in the past but now that I I think it's like press trip season or something because I see yeah. I've got a lot of them on my feed at the moment and I don't see any women of colour doing them and it's it's just sort of something that I've thought, is it just because they're really hard to find? Is it that, you know, that they prefer, people just prefer the white aesthetic? Like it's, it's asking like a lot of questions going around in my yeah. mind. I think it's a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, there's mm. definitely, it, the, the because I come from a travel background, um, there are so many people of colour in the travel industry. So many, there's so many diverse travel influences, but uh, and actually in this season of what she said I talked to Kirsty Leanne who's a plus size travel blogger and mm-hmm. that's something that she champions and calls out in other brands that um who don't work with plus size travel bloggers which is the majority of them because yeah. travel blogging and travel Instagram in particular is made is made up of some kind of huge accounts uh, of mostly focusing on women in their bikinis, white women in their bikinis. Mm-hmm. Or their thin lovely women. floaty dresses. Exactly, that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> in their linen. Well, actually, yeah. probably not so much linen in travel blogging. <laughs> linen is more like uh, slow living <laughs> and all that crap. But 
Yeah, and I, and I think minimalism is exactly the same. I think yeah. there's a few little pockets, but travel blogging particularly. Um, and I said to Kirsty do you have an inclusivity rider as somebody who is white and has privilege and she pointed out to me that actually it should be the thin white women (laughs) Mm. who are asking for inclusivity and not her and she was absolutely right to say that yeah but it's hard isn't it oh yeah definitely like um I'm you know I'm not going to use that I'm young excuse but you know like I'm (laughs) I'm still, you know, learning you <laughs> and, you know, a lot of these things, are st- I, stuff, you know, that I don't think about. That's why mm. I think of myself as like always in progress and yeah. sort of trying to, you know, ask myself more questions and see whether this is a right thing for me and also make sure, you know, that other people, especially like um, minorities, are actually given these opportunities as well, because some of them are doing amazing, amazing jobs at what they do and some of their content is amazing but I hardly ever see them doing stuff like press trips and things like that Mm -hmm. and I think yeah I think it's really hard Mm. when when you're in a world where you don't have to see it yeah Um, because you're having to look outside of the norm for you and seek it out and it's really good that you are honest about everything about your journey because that kind of I think that helps other people feel less scared to try because no one's like you know one's perfect are they and everyone can always you know um everyone can say oh there's more ways that I could be a better feminist or be more inclusive like no one is sort of at at that sort of perfect standard and if people say that they are I think they're sort of lying (laughs) because there's always something else that you can be doing or other questions that you can be asking yourself and the more that I'm sort of I talk to people the more books I read the more the more I educate myself, myself, <laughs> the more I'm, you know, the more I'm going to learn. And yeah, it's just really fun to sort of learn everything as well and see, be on this crazy sort of Instagram journey that I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about um, stumbling blocks that you found over your career. Because, mm. so there's two things that are quite interesting about you is that you are primarily an Instagrammer but you blog fairly prolifically um which doesn't always go hand in hand um -hmm. if you're massive on one platform like you don't often see somebody who is massive on YouTube and then also blogs prolifically as well and I'm always interested when I meet those people to ask them a how they do it (laughs) (laughs) because I never ever could and and b if you see any difference between the content that you create and the audience that you attract on one platform versus the other? Um, well, with my blog, primarily the people who read it are the ones that have come from my Instagram. Mm-hmm. So they, to me, they sort of are a bit more hand in hand. Um, but for me, it's about I just I don't just want to be an Instagram. I want to be like a blogger. I want to be a writer and I want to start sharing more of like my fiction writing on different platforms. And um, yeah, I just think it's sort of that I don't want to be putting all my eggs in one basket because Instagram isn't going to be around forever. I'm not going to be doing this forever. Um, And for me, because I've always been doing Instagram and blogging pretty much, I've never noticed that it's been difficult, really. Um, I sort of changed the way I do it now because it can get quite overwhelming and taking photos and writing blogs requires two very different mindsets so I just um, I block out a week in every month where I just do photos 
and then I block out a week in a month where I focus on writing and I find that that has really helped me sort of be in the right mindset to do one or the other yeah I think it can be really hard to flip between the two. Oh yeah definitely especially when you're doing it so kind of intensively yeah definitely it can be really hard and I remember when I was doing them sort of trying to do them both at the same time and it just didn't work like I couldn't wrap my head around trying mm. to write a blog post and I've just been doing like a really sort of tiring grueling edit I find it really difficult to sort of flip between those two brains because yeah. they require really different sort of perspectives yeah I completely agree and I don't really I mean I don't have photography sessions as such but where I have to separate out taking pictures slash editing pictures for my blog and the writing of the blog post, I can't do the whole thing in one go yeah, because no, it's I just can't. too much. Yeah, it definitely is too much and it can get quite overwhelming and I find it really quite tiring as well. Yeah, yeah it is. I Yeah, I completely agree. Um, now, I wanted to talk a little bit about Instagram because I know that if I don't talk to you about this, <laughs> people listening will be like, what the hell? <laughs> so this is a big question and feel free to uh not answer it (laughs) what are your best tips for growing on instagram now because i think it's so so different to even a year ago or 18 months ago god yeah i feel like i've been on so many podcasts and every time i've probably said something different because it's always you know you can't because it's such a it's such an annoying platform sometimes because you just don't know like a lot of the time it's just like one thing that works one week doesn't work the other week and you're like oh okay and because it's um reached mass adoption now so there's more people on Instagram that aren't on Instagram it's become so much different and so much harder um there's been I saw an article the other day about how people want more in the moment sort of less curated Mm -hmm. feeds but I don't necessarily think that that's a hundred percent true I think people don't want to see really creative edits as much but they want to see sort of a slightly more staged version of life a bit more Mm. um which kind of there's probably a lot of people listening going what the hell does that mean um (laughs) (laughs) yeah in this article they pointed out this account that had about like over 250k followers and their engagement was worse than mine and then I follow another account that um is poses in front of like nice walls and stuff like that and um is is, like really gorgeous and goes to the beach and stuff and whatever and um she her she has about 70 80k and her engagement is like ridiculously high so I think it's really hard to tell but to grow now I say that you've got to be doing something that no one else is doing and that is very very hard (laughs) um so you just got to be try and be as unique as you can and have something to say or do something that you don't see other people doing because otherwise you just get lost in the sea of all the other photos Mm. like that and you're not going to stand out and you've just got to be like a friendly person and um, engage with um, the community on Instagram and you know just make a lot of friends because they're most likely you know if you become really good friends with them then they're going to help you Mm. and yeah you just gotta I'm just gotta keep going with it as well like don't be afraid to start posting you just you just gotta do it and don't you know expect to be amazing right away because I certainly wasn't I look back at my photos from even like last year and I'm like some of them are just 
I don't I don't know why I posted that um, but, it's, <laughs> but like it's, it's a it's a journey and you just got to know that you're going to get better and better the more photos you take and the more you're on it so growth isn't going to happen right away but it will if you keep on working at it and just don't give up with it I think it's also important to talk about growth in the context of understanding why you want to grow because something that yes I think people people you can you can really feel like the more followers I have or as soon as I get to 10k and get that swipe up or you know you, that that's the important thing when if there's no reason for you to get there then yeah don't spend all your time trying to get there <laughs> yeah exactly you've got to know like the reason as to why you're wanting a platform because they all require really different things like if you you know if you just want to be an influencer then it requires of doing something very different whereas if you want to be like a like an activist or a writer or something like that required very different techniques so it's Mm -hmm. definitely a good idea to sort of sit down and think why am I doing this and what's the point in me trying to grow my platform and then seeing what other people in that community are doing and sort of adopt little things that they're sort of doing that you think would work for you and it's about just trying things out and experimenting isn't it yeah and not being afraid to have six pictures in a row that that maybe aren't the aesthetic that you want because it, you're just trying stuff out yeah definitely like I'm always experimenting with my account now I think I'm at a point where I'm just like uh, you know I, I it, what's working what's happening at the moment isn't working so I might as well just try something new and if that doesn't work then I haven't really lost anything yeah so you've just got you just got to keep on trying different things and see what works it's a massive game and you know <laughs> you, you, you choose to play it or you lose essentially (laughs) and what about some really juicy technical information technical tips that you can give Ooh, um technical tips that's a really good one um mainly you've just literally just got to engage as much as you can so like and comment on other people's stuff is probably the top thing that i can say and when you've posted a photo make sure you're engaging on that photo people have commented on it obviously reply to their comment and then go and comment on one of those photos because that pushes your photo up in the algorithm because it shows that you're being a really active user and it will reward you for being a really active person on Instagram so you just got to be active as much as you can and you'll you'll you know it you'll see that it works that yeah and I would 100% agree with that but yeah it because doing as much as you can is really important yeah um but I definitely see a difference if I do a good bit of engaging half an hour before and half an hour after I post um yeah it it does make a difference yeah it really does it really does I think people annoyingly often, yeah, <laughs> annoyingly, yeah I think people people often overlook that and there's a lot of accounts um that are quite big and I see that they don't reply to the comments and to me that's like why are you doing that like why mm. would you do that and it's sort of because I've always been so many replies to as many comments as I can just because it's a nice thing to do like and you know there's people that have got like over 200k and their photos have really bad engagement because they're not yeah. really engaging so you've just got to engage as much as you can and Instagram favors smaller accounts at the moment anyway like with my book club um account that's got maybe two three thousand followers and the engagement on that is brilliant compared to the one on my main account so they behave very very differently um bigger accounts and smaller accounts you usually get better engagement when you're a bit smaller I don't know the Instagram science behind that but 
that's just what I've seen from yeah. different accounts that I've had. I think there does there does seem to be a bit of a critical mass in terms of engagement, um, and when you when you get to a stage where you're I don't know. It's difficult to talk in terms of like small, medium, and large, isn't it? Because you yeah. like it's all relative. I'm a very small influencer, and but you also don't see yourself as a massive influencer. But to me, you're yeah. massive. So <laughs> yeah, to me, I'm just sort of. I think because it's a case of once you're there, you're a bit like, oh, this is what it feels like. Like <laughs> I think if I got to, if I ever get to 100k, I'll probably thinking, oh, but there's people with like 200k. But yeah, and that's then, it. Yeah, yeah. You're always sort of striving for like the next thing rather than sort of realizing that to other people I've got quite a big account and massive but yeah but in my head it's like uh, yeah it's yeah it's like medium size I guess but imagine going out for coffee with all your Instagram followers yeah that's when I um like someone said to me the other day they were like oh that's an it's enough to fill like Wembley arena and more and I was like oh okay that's massive yeah, yeah. that's all put in a bit of perspective for me I was like it does like, doesn't it yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah imagine having like that many people following you around every day that would be a bit terrifying yeah. <laughs> like they wouldn't all fit in your house not even no, remotely <laughs> spilling out into the street exactly it's mad isn't it when you put it like that you're like oh yeah okay that's I'm really it. glad not all of them engage with me every day yeah. <laughs> And what about for photography? Because you are definitely known for your photography, um, whether it's kind of super creative, um, surreal pieces or um, beautiful. I know you don't do these so much anymore, but beautiful kind of bookish flat lays. What have and you used to do the behind the scenes um, pictures, which it's really interesting to see how much work goes into setting up. (laughs) <laughs> that Instagram shot oh, let alone yes. all the editing that goes with it but um yeah what would be your best tips in terms of photography um it would mainly just be to sort of start small and then work your way up like don't I wouldn't recommend getting a big fancy DSLR thing sort of right away because that takes away a lot of the steps that personally that I did like I started out with a it was like a iPhone 7 Plus camera and that was it. And just apps on my phone, like I just used Snapseed and all the fancy editing apps like that. And then I eventually I moved on to more Photoshop and then I stopped editing in apps and started editing in Lightroom. And then I got like a entry level camera, which I'm still using at the moment. And um, then now I've started using a really fancy lens for that. So I just sort of I'm gradually working my way up. So um, just learn as much as you can and start small and with what you have. Um, Yeah. And eventually all the things that you've learned will actually, you know, turn out really great in the long run. That's a really good tip. And it mirrors, I remember Dominique saying in uh, the episode where we chatted about Instagram, that her her and Dom just used the, I think it's a Nikon that they had to start off with. It's really old. And I think it's not even fully functioning. (laughs) You know, it it doesn't matter. (laughs) No, it really doesn't matter. Like, I I noticed the difference now between my camera photos and iPhone photos. Mm. But for everyone, it's not a necessity mm-hmm. to sort of use a camera for your photos like if you don't really need one then like in my opinion is like why are you getting it like I mainly got a bigger camera so I could shoot in raw so I can do more mm. with the photos in Lightroom but if you're 
not a person who wants to edit your photos a lot then there's not I personally don't think there's a lot of point in getting a camera especially if you've you know like iPhone X cameras now are pretty pretty great (laughs) so you know like it's not really in my opinion if you're just using Instagram as just you know it's not going to be like a massive photography thing for you then you might as well just use your phone yeah definitely especially if you're yeah like you say if you're not using your pictures for your blog or whatever and they don't need to be Mm. super high res yes the best camera that you have the best camera is the one that you have it did Sarah Sarah Tasker say that or did someone else say that oh it might have been Sarah it sounds like something Sarah would say yeah 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 all my everything I know I know from (laughs) yeah (laughs) so what's next for you well um it's coming up to may when we're recording this um so in may i'm starting something new again it's slightly different from what i'm usually doing and i'll what i'm planning on doing is writing a story about the photos that i've posted on instagram so the the way in my mind the way that it's working is that i'm telling a story with my photos on Instagram and at the end of the month I will write a short story about it on my blog because um, I wanted to start getting my writing more into what I'm doing and because um, I, I feel like I sort of lost that a little bit I became like a like an influencer rather than like a writer mm-hmm. which is actually what I wanted to be doing so yeah I'll be sharing more of my uh writing work which is exciting but scary at the same time it's really exciting are you going to be doing that um on your patreon primarily or it's going to be on my blog Uh that the short story about my instagram um of what my instagram Mm -hmm. has told for the month um but i'll also have a whatpad where i just you know um use just put all of my other writing stuff that it just doesn't go on my blog and where can everybody find you online uh, you can find me on Instagram, on Twitter at from be with love, and you can also find me on my blog um, at from be with Is your Patreon still open for people to support you there as well? Yeah, my yeah, my Patreon is from be with love as well. If you'd like to join my Patreon as well, which would be really lovely. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Thank you so so much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoy it. You can get in touch with me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at Lucy Lee Craft. I'd love you to leave a review for the show if you have time. All of the information that we chatted about in this episode is in the show notes. You can find everything at lucyleecraft.com forward slash podcast. See you next week. Bye.